Welcome to the Let's Kill It podcast. I'm Janice T, former corporate dropout turned full-time entrepreneur, creator, and lifelong learner. Every single week, I bring you mindset hacks and personal growth tips inspired by real stories and experiences. So if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, entrepreneur, online content creator, or someone who is really looking to grow your business or career and level up your life, well, you're in the right place. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the good stuff begin. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Let's Kill It podcast. I'm so excited to bring to you today's episode. And the topic of the day is what really happens to friendships when you grow up and you grow apart? Especially for entrepreneurs, I think this is so, is such a great question because as entrepreneurs, you're always thinking about growth, you're always thinking about leveling up, you're always thinking about all of these things, right? And so you might find yourself in a situation where you're not quite the same person that you used to be five years ago or three years ago or eight years ago, right? But you might have friends and friendships that started all the way back from there. And you might find yourself in a situation where, wow, like maybe when I first met this person, we were so in sync. We liked the same things. We thought the same things. We had the same um, ways of spending time, we have the same values, or we both didn't know our values. And now I'm so much more clear of my values. And I'm so much work to grow as a business person, grow as an individual in general. And I just feel like I don't know this person anymore. I feel like I've grown apart, right? So today's topic is going to be really, really interesting. Um, I think a lot of us deal with this. I mean, you don't even have to be an entrepreneur to be feeling some of these things, right? I think this is just part of what we call adulting sometimes. And I'm really excited to get started on today's topic. So question one is what is friendship to you? And why is it important in the first place? Like, why is it important? Why are we even talking about this in the first place? So I really used to feel as though I was an independent or solo type of person like maybe even like a lone wolf if you can say that um I've always been an independent learner I don't know if this has anything to do with the fact that I was always an um an introverted kid I was always a little nerdy at the same time for those of you guys who know my story you would know that I was homeschooled and basically didn't go to school for 18 years although I did spend a lot of time networking and modeling. So I couldn't really say that I didn't have a social life. In fact, I probably had a lot more of a social life than most teenagers did, at least in Asia where they spend a lot of time studying. But um, I'm definitely more like a solo kind of person. I, I never had an issue with eating by myself or going to a restaurant by myself, going to a cafe by myself. In fact, I quite enjoyed it. And... Um, I would even, you know, sometimes watch a movie alone and I could have a great time, you know, just being by myself. So I definitely felt like a little bit of um, a solo type of person. But what I've come to realize and appreciate a lot more over the past few years, especially with COVID and with a few significant changes in my personal life is that 
human beings are social beings at the end of the day no matter how like solo you think you are no matter how much of an independent person you think you are we all need other human beings around us like we are social creatures and so why is friendship important i think it's because it's really a support system or a network around you to support you throughout the downtimes um And we know that in life, it's never perfect. Like it's never perfect in relationships, in friendships, in marriage, in career, in work, in even your mental health, your emotional health. And these are not things that, I mean, these are real things that happen to us in life, right? And these are things that really do affect us as human beings, especially when you have to be the rock of your own business. Sometimes it can be isolating and sometimes you just need an outlet for this, like a healthy outlet. Right. And so that's where I think a network and support system of solid friends can really lift you up and support you through the down times like that. And also at the same time, this support network that where a space where you feel safe, a space where you feel like you can trust these people, a space where you feel they are genuinely there for you. They genuinely love you. They have no other agenda. This is also the same space where you can genuinely celebrate the highs in life, where great things happen to you and you have such joy. You're so excited. You're so happy. And they genuinely celebrate you as well. You know, they celebrate your highs. They celebrate that next level um, breakthrough that you have. You celebrate them as well. You're genuinely happy for them instead of, you know, Especially, I think, even in entrepreneurship, feeling like you're in a rat race, feeling like, um, well, there's always competition around us. I think it's really, really a beautiful thing to have um, a solid network or a solid support system that can tighten you through the lows, but also equally celebrate your highs genuinely. And they're kind of like rooting for you. You're kind of growing together, living and growing to be the best versions of yourselves. And I think that I really think that's amazing. So if you have that, like treasure it so much. Um, And it's obviously way more fun as well to do life with other people as opposed to just doing life, you know, alone. All right. So question two, what happens when you outgrow some friends? This is interesting. What happens when you outgrow some friends? If you've been working on yourself and you feel like your friends no longer share the same values, should you or should you not end the friendship? This is so much to unpack. I am quite excited. Um, I'm going to break this down into a few parts, maybe in terms of my answer. I think number one is to realize that this is absolutely normal. Like, This is normal, and I think it happens to a lot of us. In fact, most of us out there probably face this at some point in life. I think outgrowing friends is is really something that is real, and we all go through that. And I, I do believe that some friends are honestly for a season. It doesn't mean that the friendship is wasted, or it means that it doesn't mean that I you know, totally wasted my emotional energy or time or money or whatever that you invested in the friendship. I don't think that's wasted because you still have something to learn from that friendship, even if it's not around anymore. Well, you still have something to learn from every single season, um, even if that season doesn't last forever. So that's my view. 
I do believe that some friends are for a season and some are for a shorter season and some are for a longer season and some of them are for life, right? So in general, I feel like if I were to step into just a little bit of an entrepreneurial business um, kind of context, if you're very growth-oriented, career, entrepreneurial person, then the chances are that you weren't who you were two years ago. I'm definitely not who I was two years ago. And based off on that, you probably wouldn't be the same person um, as you are today two years later. And you probably wouldn't be the same person four years later, six years later, eight years later, a decade later, right? You will probably, taking a wild guess here, you'll probably be a much more improved version of what you currently are right now. And you'll definitely know yourself better. And that includes becoming clearer of the core values that you hold. That includes getting more clarity on what's truly important to you. Um, that includes getting clarity on certain non-negotiables um, that you stand for and what you will absolutely not do and what you absolutely must do. Right. And so if someone is very, very against some of these core things that you stand for and that you believe so strongly in, then obviously you start feeling like, is there really a point? Maybe there is no point really in talking about these very superficial things all the time. And I think that is definitely valid as well. So point one to to this question of outgrowing friends is that I think this is normal. And just realize that there are some friendships that last for a season, some shorter than others, and some longer, and some can be for life. That doesn't mean that anything is wasted. Um, but sometimes when you grow up, I guess you grow apart as well. So that's very real. And I think that's valid as well. The second thing I do want to highlight is that as you, you know, mature and as you maybe grow older in general, especially if you're in entrepreneurship for really building your career um, is that compared to when you were say like 12 or 16 or 21 years old, like time and opportunity cost really becomes a thing. Like it's a real thing. People just in general get more and rightly so, by the way, people get more careful and more selective of who they want to spend their time with and what they want to spend time doing because that comes at a cost of doing other things that are really important too, right? For example, um, if I were to hang out with you, if I were to have coffee with you, if I were to have dinner with you, if I were to meet you um, for these two hours, that might be time that I'm kind of giving to you instead of, for example, building my business or spending time with my kids or going on a date night with my spouse or taking care of my aging parents or whatever else that might be that's really important to me right? Me giving you this time, it's kind of taking away from something else that is really, really important to me because we're not kids anymore. We don't have like 24 hours just to see what life brings us. And I think that actually a lot of us should still maintain some of that like fun and adventure and don't, you know, be so serious all the time is something that I try to remind myself a lot of as well. But the reality is that a lot of the time, as adults, we just get more selective. And I think this is important as well of how we spend our time and not waste our time, right? And so I can't speak for everyone for sure. But personally, I'm at this space where 
if I do meet a new person today, right, and I'm very open to meeting new people who are aligned, if I do meet a new friend today, for example, they definitely have to be quite aligned with my current values, the things that I find important, because if I were to meet someone new today and you're completely like have different values, you're in into doing completely different things, you believe that different things are wrong or right, then I really don't see a point in investing in a new relationship, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about like surrounding yourself with people who are exactly like you, who grew up in the same socioeconomic background, who like the same foods, who live in the same country. No, absolutely not. I have tons of international friends and that's part of what I like. Like from different cultures, you learn so many things through diversity. Right. And I think that's really important, too. What I'm really talking about here is core values. Right. For example, I mean, this is an extreme example. Right. But for example, if I believe that child rape is wrong and I believe so strongly in it. And then I meet a new person that's like kind of cool. We can vibe. We can talk. But then this person believes that like child rape is okay. Does it make sense for me to be spending a prolonged um effort, time, subsequent coffees, developing a friendship with this person? I don't think so, because I feel very strongly about the fact that child rape is wrong, for example, right? So that's where I'm at if I meet a new person. For older friends, let's say friends I've known for like nine or 10 years, sometimes that shared like growing up camaraderie can be a value in itself, just being around people who just kind of grew up with you, you know, and they know your character so well, even if you're even if you're in completely different worlds, you're doing like completely, completely different things. I have a friend that I've known for almost 10 years now, and we couldn't be more dissimilar in terms of like everything, like the way we speak, the things we like, our hobbies, the kind of um, partners that we go for, the kind of places that we, we go for holidays. Um, she's in a very, very, very corporate career, like the the most nine to five job that you can ever imagine that's what her job is like and I'm like here like flying all around going to Bali going to like UK for two months and we live such different lives but she just knows me so well and we have very very similar shared values at the core of what we believe is right or wrong in life and just the fact that she's grown up with me seen me through so many seasons of life I feel like it's just nice to have that old friend you know and that in itself can be of value as well so that is a friendship that I really treasure even though on a lot of things it might seem like we're very very different so those are for existing friendships but if I were to meet her like say I didn't know her from all those years ago and we're meeting in a completely different stage of life we didn't have those shared experiences where she was really there for me or I was really there for her in some situations in the past then I don't know if we would be as close as we are today to be completely honest right so I think there's also a difference in um as to whether that's a new friendship or whether that's um an older friendship but my my point here my second point here it's really about opportunity cost when you think about um what happens when you outgrow some friends right the fact that that's opportunity cost um as we get older and older is something that I think we want to recognize as well and I guess that also helps you take it like not so personally. Like sometimes people really just have to get to school to 
pick up their kids, you know, or they have to like really be there taking their parents for a checkup because their parents are getting older, right? So that helps you to not take it so personally because I don't know if any of you guys face this. Let me know if you guys did because I don't know at what point you generally transition into being an adult, but I would say generally that's when everyone around you starts being financially independent and everyone starts um, basically working. And I did feel during that period of time, like, oh my God, like, where are all my friends? Like, this is not like what it used to be like. And in some ways, I feel like as an entrepreneur, and by the way, a lot of my friends are also in nine to fives. I have probably like a 50-50 split between entrepreneurial friends versus like friends who are in nine to fives, right? And so when I look at my friends who are in nine to fives, um, sometimes I still feel like that teenager that's like, oh, I can meet anytime. Like, do you want to meet at 2.30 p.m. for uh, tea or to grab a coffee? And they're like, no, girl, I'm at work, right? So that was definitely a period of time that took adjustment for that. But yeah, as we grow older, as we adult, there's definitely a higher opportunity cost in terms of meeting up and spending time to really invest in that friendship. The third thing I would say about outgrowing friends and on just this topic in general is that you also want to sort of recognize the flip side, right? Now that you know, as we grow older, there's a high opportunity cost, realize that on the flip side, you could also be the friend that is quote unquote dumped. Or sometimes the dumping is like, not, I don't want to be friends with you anymore, but that person kind of allows the friendship to drift apart slowly and then you just wake up one day and you're like, wow, what happened to that friendship? I think I have been on the receiving end of this before, um, quite some years ago, but it was with quite a close friend. And I realized that is because that good friend of mine was just going through so much personal growth and so much career growth while I was kind of like stagnant at the time. Um, those were during my modeling and entertainment days and my friend was just growing so much I mean his career was thriving even though we were he was only I think two years older than I was at the time I mean he still is two years older but um, his career was thriving right and whereas I was kind of like stagnant applying for uni and figuring out what I really wanted to do so even for the friends that you do want in your life you really want to think about what is the value that I'm bringing into their lives, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, expensive gifts or, you know, super fancy meal or even something tangible, but there definitely has to be something that you bring to their lives that makes them feel like their life is basically better with you in it than without you in it, right? So I think it is a sobering thought because a lot of the times we end up like, you know, complaining about this friend or that friend that's not being there. But sometimes you could be that friend for some of your other friends as well. So you really want to reevaluate your friendships. Who really is important to you? Who do you want to keep in your life? And then think about when was the last time that you really intentionally and thoughtfully cared for them and showed them that they matter in your life. Because if it was a really long time ago, you probably want to do something about it. Wow, that was a very long answer, but I am loving this. So let's move on to the next question. 
This is really juicy, you guys. The third question is: How do you not come across as elitist when you really want to make new friends at the same level? I just have to take a breath here and just say that everything that I'm going to say from here on forth, and everything that you hear in this podcast, is purely my personal opinion, because this is just such a tricky area to navigate. I think oftentimes. You know, it can seem elitist or judgmental or even cruel when you say, "quote unquote," I'm too good for this person. I only want to be around people at my level. And maybe you really have worked really hard to become, you know, the better version of yourself, right? So you definitely don't want to spend time with people that you don't align with. I think that's normal. I think that's reasonable. But I think that the reason why it's so you know sensitive or it's so offensive to many people is because it sounds very transactional. For example, intuitively, people might be like, "Okay, well, if this person is right and he he's so self righteous, he's so elitist, he doesn't want to be friends with me anymore." The immediate parallel is like. Imagine a rich person. He doesn't want to be friends with the poor person, and it sounds really mean, right? But rich can come in many different meanings as well. You know, being quote unquote rich or being quote unquote high level can mean different things in different contexts, right? So it's very important to realize that high level might apply differently in different situations. And I think to be very very explicit. High level finances doesn't mean that the person is very highly emotionally intelligent, right? So if you had a score and a ranking, this person could rank really highly in terms of like net worth, for example. But it doesn't mean that this friend is going to rank very highly in terms of like emotional intelligence and how safe you feel around a person. Um, to share about you know certain struggles that you've been going through, for example. Or someone who is very emotionally intelligent, and someone who you know really lends themselves to great friendships, might not be the most, you know, financially literate, or might not be the most high net worth friend that you know. But they are at such a high level when it comes to the emotional maturity department that you just want them in your life. And so, to me, that's also high level, but in a different department. Or even on the fun and excitement zone, right? Someone can rank super highly on that area. Like this is the friend, okay, that you meet and you know you're just going to have a great time. You're going to do something spontaneous. You're going to do something adventurous. But they may not necessarily be the richest person in terms of net worth or the most emotionally in touch person. Like this is your fun friend, but they bring so much joy and excitement to your life that you just want to keep having them around, and you really do enjoy their company. Or someone can rank super high, or super highly on like values and deeper core beliefs. For example, if you feel very strongly about a political situation, um, or you have a very strong religious belief, right? Then you have a friend that really, really understands you and just gets you on those things if they're important to you and if you feel super strongly about them. But they're more introverted, and you definitely wouldn't call them the most spontaneous friend. You know, they're not gonna agree to any random trips overseas, or they're not gonna rank that highly on the fun and adventure zone, for example. But you really appreciate them because they rank so highly, and they just get you on these 
very important things, usually things that relate to core beliefs, um, for example, religion or politics, and your allegiance to these things, right? They just get you. And so you might want to keep them in your life for that area. And that's an area where you guys might both find mutual value. Um, so you really got to recognize that there are so many different areas and people can rank differently on different areas in different zones. And, you know, of course, nobody's perfect, but I guess amazing friends are those that might rank highly on several areas or multiple ones of those areas. And in that sense, the compatibility level in terms of your friendship is really high. And it, it might be easier to maintain in that sense just because you guys have so many shared areas or shared commonalities because you're aligned on, I mean, you're naturally aligned. It's not like you're trying to convince your friend to be caring about this um adventure right they are already adventurous but they also really align on some core values and then they also align emotionally with you in terms of like um finding emotional intelligence or emotional maturity to be something that is really important to build in life so you might connect on multiple um important areas and that might make the friendship easier in the sense that you have a very common baseline you have a bigger base to start with um, because you're aligned on multiple fronts. And I would say at the end of it, if you do want to rate, quote unquote, it sounds so transactional, even as I'm saying this, but we all judge, analyze things in our heads, right? So what I want to say here is that I don't want it to sound so offensive because I really want to break it down where you realize that the same level or the high level might be in different areas and it doesn't necessarily have to be transactional or in terms of finances or in terms of net worth, right? It could be on emotions, shared commonalities, fun, adventure, so many other things, right? So that's the main point that, and the third point that I want to drive here in terms of the question. Let me just quickly recap the question, which was, how do you not come across as elitist when you really want to make new friends at the same level, right? So um, that's how we would answer this question. And I would say, if you really want to attract high quality friendships in whatever area, whether it be business, whether it be finances, whether it be emotional intelligence, whether it be fun and adventure, you must first be that high quality person because like attracts like. Right. So there is some um, validity or veracity into the old statement of birds of the same feather flock together. So that's what I would keep in mind as well. Number four, what do you do with friends who would never initiate meeting up? I believe that with anything good, be it yourself, be it your business, be it relationships, be it friendships, it comes with effort. Okay. You have to put in the work. So you need to nurture and put effort into the friendship if you want it to blossom, if you want it to grow, and if you don't want it to stagnate. Um, and the interesting thing about this, I think, is that oftentimes friendship and relationships is one of those things that not growing it also concurrently means that it's on decline. It's one of those things that just have a compounding effect, whether for the better or for worse. It's like speaking a language. For example, I learned French in college when I was in UC Berkeley, but like not using French um, not only means that I don't improve, it also means that my ability and growth in 
the French language department actually grows backwards, right? It gets worse. And that's, um, I think, one really important factor to realize is that there's a compounding effort, whether you go upwards or downwards with this, right? But it requires effort. And again, I believe that we make time for what matters to us. So one thing that I've really come to appreciate personally is like, I realize that I really do appreciate when my friends reach out first to initiate meetings, you know, in every group, especially if you have a group of friends, usually there's like that one person that tends to initiate group gatherings, for example, during Christmas or New Year's Eve or someone's birthdays. And they're that person that kind of keeps the gang together. And that person, because I'm really, really introverted, and I think as I grow older, I just get more and more introverted. That person really never used to be me, but it's something that I'm now really putting in more effort in. So I try to put more effort into initiating meetups, um, even in groups, to really show my friends that they are valued. Like, you guys are important to me. Um, and I do value you and I do want to see you. I do want to make an effort to show you that I want you in my life, right? Because I always believe that even if it's not in our quote unquote nature, we can always lead by example, right? So for the friends that I value, I would reach out even if they don't first, because sometimes life just genuinely gets in the way, right? Sometimes we just get busy. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we're dealing with different things that life is throwing at us, right? So I don't feel like friendship should be a game where it's like, oh, should I play hard to get? Or should we play this whole like guessing game of should you start the meetup first or should I start the meetup first? Like seriously, like we're grown ass adults, just cut to the chains. But if I consecutive, so I would just reach out, right? But if I consecutively reach out one time and I get no reply and maybe after a couple of weeks, I reach out a second time and there's still no reply. And then I reach out a third time, maybe like a month or two later. Then eventually I'll also not reach out anymore. Like I get the hint that I'm not important, at least in this season of life. And I think as with any other relationship, right, it has to be a two-way street. Um, so my stand on that, um, pertaining back to the question which is like, what do you do with friends who never initiate meetups is I take it upon myself to be the first mover, right? I, I'll just be proactive. I'll give it my most honest, sincere effort, genuinely. But if it's consistently not reciprocated, I'm also not shy or I'm also not afraid to just walk away. So that's where I stand on that. Um, brutally honest, right? All right, number five, what is one advice you would give to someone who wants to kill it in building meaningful friendships, especially as adults? Well, the last thing that I would say if I could give one advice is that put in the work and don't be complacent. Um, I think a lot of the times we, we kind of maybe take good relationships in our life for granted. I think this is relationships in general, but applying this to the context of friendship I would say put in the work and be proactive to really make the effort to be a good, solid friend, right? And in one line, I would say become the type of friend you want to have and you'll be far more likely to attract the type of friend that you want because like attracts like, 
right? And if you have good friends around you, the second thing I would say is don't be complacent. Let them know that they matter, right? Don't let them just slip apart or let life get in the way. Just like your business, just like fitness, just like romantic relationships, real friendships with depth and quality, they take work too. So you have to invest in them, right? And at the end of the day, you know, I think everybody needs friends, real friends, a support system, a network, people to do life with. I think that is so, so important. So don't neglect that, put in the work and don't be complacent. If you have good people around you, let them know. And that's all from me today on building quality friendships. If you're still watching or listening, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Feel free to also leave a comment since we're pretty early in on this podcast on what other topics you'd like to see on business, on life, or mindset, and really just anything under the sun. And I'll see if I can make it happen. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I hope it inspired you on your journey towards that next level in your business and life. Make sure to check out the description for show notes with a full rundown of all the juicy details and important links that you need. Also, make sure to share this with a friend if you found this useful and subscribe here on Spotify or Apple Podcast. It would genuinely mean the world to me to hear from you. So share a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and let me know which part of this episode resonated with you the most. In case no one's told you lately, you are amazing and absolutely capable of creating the extraordinary life that you dream of and deserve. Now it's time to go out there, do the hard stuff, and let's kill it. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Kill It podcast. I am really stoked to be bringing you guys episode five today, which is called Unfiltered, 10 Game Changers in Building Your Own Business I Wish I Knew Way Earlier. These are the things that completely shifted things for me once I realized them. And I just thought it would be such a waste if I did not share them with you guys, because some of these are really, really powerful principles that I attribute a lot of my success to. And obviously, many of them I had to learn through. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Kill It podcast. I am so excited to be bringing you guys yet another episode. And today's is especially exciting because it's going to be called Unfiltered, 10 Game Changers in Building Your Own Business I Wish I Knew Way Earlier. And these are the things that completely shifted things for me. A lot of my success Not that I'm 100% there yet, but I would attribute a huge, huge amount of my success really to some of these core principles. And I thought it would be an absolute waste if I did not share that with you guys. So let's get right down into it. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be spicy and it's going to be really, really practical. So if you're a service-based entrepreneur, entrepreneur, coach, marketer, business owner, you want to sit tight, 
because this episode is going to be worth your time. All right, so let's get right down into it. The first one is to trust your gut. I think for me, I had to learn this over a long period of time because the truth is that sometimes you just know something that cannot be seen. Sometimes you just know things that are just there, you know, things that are just in your gut. And it makes no sense, especially to me, because I'm quite like a logical and facts driven person, especially when it comes to major decision making. But sometimes there's just something in your gut that cannot be explained, cannot be seen, but is still really, really accurate. And something that I definitely wish I did more is I wish I relied on my intuition a little bit more in business rather than applying and relying on 100% logic because sometimes your your gut feeling is more right than wrong even if you don't know why and when I really really sat down to think about it my gut feeling was actually the reason why I quit my corporate job in the first place like it did not make any logical sense for me to quit a good five figure per month like definitely going to be six figure a year business I mean like a corporate job for something that is like it may or may not work out you're gonna have zero dollars at the start like that does not make any logical sense right but my gut feeling of I'm gonna grow so much more I'm gonna be challenged so much more I'm gonna enjoy this so much more it's my gut feeling and that's what led me to make the decision to quit a relatively stable high-paying corporate job with great colleagues and I've never looked back since so you know, obviously, I do want to say, like, don't quit your job impulsively. Of course, I also used like calculated logic and reason to make an informed decision back then. But I knew my gut feeling about I just have to leave it. Like I have to leave my corporate job um, at that particular point in time. Because as the stakes get higher, and I, I get more financial liabilities or responsibilities, or who knows, like in the future, I may not be single, I may have kids, I may have fur babies, like, I don't know. But at that point, I had no commitments. And I knew that as the stakes got higher, it's gonna be more and more difficult for me to leave. And so part of that was really due to my gut and some of the very best decisions I've ever made in life and business has really been down to my gut. So I would like to give it more credit if I could look back and not be so afraid. Although obviously it's easier said than done. And especially as you progress in your business more and more, sometimes your decision-making involves mm, a lot more thought because there's a lot more at stake. For example, like certain decisions that you make in your business may have a large amount of money involved, right? It could be multiple five figures. It could be six figures. It could even be seven figures, depending on where your business is currently at. And as the stakes get higher, sometimes it is very difficult to just say, you know what, I'm going to rely on my gut because there's so much at stake um, instead of like the right thing and the logical thing. But you just have to remember to balance it out and remember a big part of what makes your business work is you, especially so if you are, you know, a service-based entrepreneur um, or a service-based business owner, like everybody else in your industry is selling the same thing, like literally almost the exact same thing. And the thing that really makes you stand out from your competition is really not the product per se. 
It's you, your unique personality, your unique beliefs, your unique vibe that just makes you who you are. That's what people buy into and trust that because sometimes it can bring something totally different, creative and innovative to the table. So yeah, give your gut a little bit more credit because it usually serves us well. Um, And if you guys have a different experience with your gut, feel free to let me know as well. Number two is I would say, put yourself around people you actually like and respect. It sounds like, duh, like obvious, right? But I really would, looking back, I really would actively pay money and time to be surrounded by like-minded people who are two to three, five to seven, 10 to 12 steps ahead of me, be it mentors, be it coaches, be it just a community of peers, just being surrounded by people who dream boldly, who take action fearlessly, and who go all out to create that freaking beautiful life that they dream of and deserve, who share the same belief that I have, that you don't have to be stuck in a box. You don't have to just be um, a mom or a sister or a corporate nine-to-fiver. You could also be all of that and a business owner, and you could be a business owner in two different spaces. Like, who says you can't do it? You absolutely can. It's just a matter of how much you want it and are you willing to pay the cost associated with actually creating that dream life, right? But it is so, so important. Like I know everybody knows this and I know everybody knows like you're the sum of the five people that you hang out with and stuff like that. But what I really want to say is on the flip side, if you are surrounded by people who don't believe in what you're trying to do, who don't believe that, for example, that building a life that gives you time and financial freedom and location freedom and emotional and mental freedom are possible because it's quote unquote too good to be true, then that's just going to pull you down when you're trying to go for your dreams. That's just going to pull you down when you're actually putting in the work to try and make this happen, right? So something I had to learn the hard way was to cut people who put me in a box because I'm multi-passionate and There are so many things I like, like I don't just like business. I don't just like geeking out on books, even though there's things that I really enjoy. I also enjoy fashion. I also enjoy the visual aspect of things. I love creating content. I love talking about sometimes controversial things. And these are all things that are part of me. I don't have to just be one or the other. And people who put me in a box and, you know, belittle my achievements I had to cut them, even if these were people that I loved and cared about, because it's not in my best interest. It's not conducive to help me build the life that I want, that I dream of, and that I deserve. And that's something that I had to take a really long time to even realize and something that I learned to do. And I'm still actively working on doing more and more as I evolve as an individual as well. But even if you are at the very, very beginning of your journey, you want to like stay true to yourself and be surrounded by people that you actually like, that share the same values, that are going on the same direction and that you actually like and respect. Because if they're going a different direction, if you're heading like north and these people are heading like east, west, south, basically anywhere else, But where you're going, they're going to slow you down because every step that you take, they're going to be like, oh, no, you should come down here. Oh, no, maybe you should go there. And 
it's just not conducive to what you're doing. It's not conducive to what you're trying to build, especially in entrepreneurship where things are so hyper intense. Things are so laser focused. You don't have time for people to pull you back by three steps every time you take one or two steps forward. So put yourself around people you actually like and respect. And when you find yourself in the right environment, oh my goodness, it's crazy to actually be around people who love you, want the best for you, or rooting for you. It's so empowering. And it's like, when your battery is going down, it just moves it up, moves it up, moves it up. It refuels you, it energizes you, it reminds you of why the hell you're doing what you're doing. And it's just a fantastic feeling. So if you haven't started on that journey already to um, really take a good hard look at your network, at the people around you right now, that's something you definitely want to do a thousand percent. The third thing is to not be afraid of dreaming big. And wow, I've actually never shared this before. At least I've never shared this online, I think. But I actually felt guilty for so long because of receiving like success, so to speak. I never grew up in a family that was like uber wealthy or anything like that. So to own like nice things for the longest time, I would hide them or I would like not even use them. Like I've been in to fashion since magazines existed. Like remember back in the days where people actually read magazines? Yeah, I used to be one of those people who collected like fashion magazines. And so for the longest time, I was really into like bags. It's always been my thing ever since I was like 13 or 14. But it's really weird because I would as a teenager think of like, oh, remember like what if there could be one day that I could like maybe own something really nice from um, Chanel or from Louis Vuitton or from Yves Saint Laurent or something, right? And I would dream of that, like, but it was a very far away dream back then when I was 13. And for the longest time, even when I was able to afford it, and even when I did buy it, I would for the longest time hide them. I wouldn't take photos of them. If they were showing in a photo, I would like hide them away because I just felt undeserving and there were these feelings of like you're not good enough and a lot of these things are from childhood and they would surface um, regardless of how irrational my mind knew it was these thoughts still existed for a long time and I felt as though like if the people around me weren't doing as well then I would feel bad to tell them how I'm truly doing. Like, for example, if I were to go to a barbecue with some old friends and they would ask me like, um, how are you doing? Because things have been really rough for me. I would feel like I had to say that I also wasn't doing well, even though I could be, you know, having the best revenue generating month ever. I just felt like I shouldn't be better than other people. Like I would just say I'm doing okay. And I realized that these things are stemming from a place, a deep place of feeling like you don't deserve it. Like you shouldn't dream big. And even if you make some of your dreams come true, you don't deserve these big dreams. You don't deserve to leave, live this huge, exciting, beautiful, fulfilling life. And a lot of us have those feelings 
inside, like deep down inside. And if you don't become aware of these thoughts, and if you're not um, aware that you're actually stopping yourself from dreaming big, they're going to stop your actual real life achievements. They're going to stop you from doing great things because your mind is already telling you like, don't even go there, don't even try. And it's going to massively restrict you. And this is so, so, so detrimental. So don't be afraid of dreaming big because you absolutely deserve it. That's a third perspective that I want to share with you today. And now the fourth thing here is that, and this is so amazing, um, it's one of the more empowering statements. And I actually have this on a little post-it on my desk. But number four is realize that success is inevitable for you. This has been hands down one of the most life-changing realizations that I've had, which is that if you keep going on the path that you're currently going, if you keep going on this path that you know you're meant to be for the next decade and the next decade and the next decade and the next decade, you will max out your highest possible potential and you will achieve the highest possible potential and success that you have in your life. Just let that sink in for a moment. If you just keep going on this path that you know you're meant to do, you will a thousand percent, a hundred percent, it's guaranteed that you will, if you just keep going on and on and on and on and on, that you will max out your potential and you will reach the highest possible form of success for you in this life. We're not talking about the highest possible chances of someone else doing it and what they would achieve. We're saying that if you know this is the path that you want to go and you just stick to it, you will eventually hit the epitome of success that you were born to achieve in this life. And that is really, really special. Getting distracted by shiny objects or stepping back because of fear, it only slows you down from the path that you were meant to take. And so sometimes like you pursue a certain path, right? And then you think, oh, like maybe I shouldn't have done this because this is difficult or things aren't quite going my way or I don't know if this is ever going to work out for me. But then you want to ask yourself, like, what if I give up? What if I don't pursue this? Then am I going to pursue something else? And is it necessarily going to be easier? And if it's not going to be easier, then I'm also going to be doing something really difficult where I'm going to face a lot of roadblocks and challenges and it's not going to be the thing that I really want to do. So is it worth it? And the thing is this, as long as you are in the right direction and you know that you are in the right direction, all you have to do is literally just keep taking the next step and the next step and the next step and that will lead you to the path of the highest form of success and fulfilled potential in your life. Like people always talk about this like huge concept. It's so abstract. It feels so far away. This concept of success or how do I achieve my maximum potential? And the thing is like, it's really hard to quantify and to um, explain or to define what the highest form of potential in your life means. But if you just simply say, Every day, every hour, every day, every week, every month, I'm going to keep fulfilling my maximum potential 
in this right direction that I really love, that I really enjoy, that I feel I'm meant to be doing, that lights my soul on fire, that I'm so excited to do. And I just keep doing that every hour. I max out my potential every hour. I max out my potential every day. Eventually, days will have passed. Months will have passed. Years will have passed. Decades will have passed. And you'll find that if you just stick to the simple principle, you will literally be living like multiple, multiple days, weeks, months, and years and decades of maximum potential. And that, in essence, is what a life full of maxed out potential looks like. So don't overcomplicate it. And just be in part in the fact that success is inevitable for you. If you just keep taking steps in that right direction, you will achieve your maximum potential that you were meant to do and that you were born to do on this earth. So don't overcomplicate it. Realize that success is inevitable for you and just keep taking that one next step. Number five, again, something that was very counterintuitive for me, but then I realized that this is absolutely, absolutely so important. Put yourself before your business and your business will thrive. It may seem obvious, but when you're in the thick of it, and some of you might be able to relate, if you relate, leave a comment down below, just so I know I'm not the only one. Um, but when you're in the thick of it, when you're faced with all these deadlines, all this pressure, all these, you know, funnels and launches and so many things that you have to do, it's kind of hard to separate your CEO self from your human self, right? Because your job as the CEO of a business is wanting to keep the business going and keep the business growing at all costs and to generate as much as profit as possible, but at the same time, your human self, especially if you start out as a solopreneur, you are actually both the CEO and the employee, right? You're both the person who owns the business and the person who is actually on the ground working on the business uh, and in the business, right? So a lot of times the CEO self is not going to be able to realize that you actually cannot work when you are not charged, just like how an iPhone is not going to be able to do all the work you want it to do if you don't charge it, right? And in order to charge it, sometimes you have to leave it there, not work on it in order for the battery to be recharged or refueled. You cannot just keep like going and going and going at all costs because it simply isn't going to work. Like if you keep going without charging, the thing that's going to happen is that your iPhone is going to be dead. And that's what happens in human form and it's called a burnout. And this is a concept that I find so difficult as a workaholic, as a perfectionist, as someone who thinks that business could always be better, as someone who really likes learning and really strives towards like constant, constant growth. This was something that was so difficult for me to really, really internalize. But once I did, I realized that if I actually looked at business as a long-term game, meaning if I want myself to be here in this game three years, five years, 10 years, two decades, four decades down the road, then there's no way that I'm going to allow myself to ever burn out. And in order to not let myself burn out or give up on the game completely, which by the way, is so scary because you see people doing 
so, so well. These very accomplished entrepreneurs, they've created like a fantastic business, but in the process, because they neglected themselves at the apex of their success, they just disappear. And that's like such a sobering thought. And when I think to myself, like, hey, you know what? I want to be in this business long term. So I cannot neglect myself because I'm the biggest asset in my business. I'm the one that keeps things going. So I'm not going to let myself get to that stage of exhaustion to the point that I, in the eye obviously it's a lot easier to done. Battery but completely once I up. fully internalized it, I realized that, hey, in order to really, really be able to fulfill my vision and to do this business the way I want it and to stay around for a long, long time, I have to put myself first. And that's the beautiful part about it is that when you put yourself before your business, your business actually thrives. Number six, also really, really close to heart for me is do not be afraid of losing it all because it is literally impossible. And this one also took me a long time when it hit me. Much easier said than done, but I realized that, hey, you know, if I want to be in this game long, long, long term, the only way I can do it is to make sure that I don't burn out and that I take care of myself. And that's the really, really beautiful thing about it is that when you actually put yourself first, before your business, your business will thrive. And you can sit back, watch it flourish. It's just a really, really beautiful process to watch. So take that one, keep it close to heart and amazing things will happen. Number six, also really close to heart is do not be afraid of losing it all because that's literally impossible. This took me also some time to really realize and internalize, but when it hit me, oh my goodness, it hit me like a truck because I am someone who is deep down inside kind of motivated by um, fear of failure, but not externally, more so like feeling like I cannot fail myself. I cannot let myself down. Um, and what that is, is in a positive sense, it really, really drives me forward. Like, I don't really need much external motivation. Like I'm very, very self-motivated. Um, but I used to be so scared of things not working out. You know, it's like, I used to think like, oh, you know, if things don't work out, you lose it all. And it's a very like all or nothing mentality. But I'm realizing as I go along this journey of business and I grow as an individual and as a person, I realize that things are not so black and white, right? Like things are a little bit more nuanced, a lot more nuanced than that. And the thing is like, even though you can lose your business, even though you can lose everything that you've built to this day, imagine whatever that you've been working on for the past one to five years or even five to 10 years, you lose it due to whatever, right? You're not going to be actually losing everything because the really, really important thing that you've gained throughout this period of building your business, especially a profitable business, is that you will never lose the skills 
the business acumen, the people skills, the soft skills, the communication skills, and everything that's inside of you, you have learned and the things that you've built in your business, those things are always going to be with you. Those things are what makes you a capable person to be able to take on another challenge. And you're not starting from zero. You're not starting from scratch because you know exactly what you need to do in order to build up another successful business. I gave this analogy once and it's like, if you really ask a truly accomplished chef, if you were to lose your restaurant, if you were to lose your menu book and you were to lose all your recipes, like what are you going to do? Like, is your whole career over? They're going to say, hell no, because I'm going to be creative. It's, it's a challenge. I can with the skills I have, I can innovate and I can create a completely new, you know, Michelin star menu and come up with another restaurant and get my Michelin stars back up again. So if you really have that skill set, you're not going to be afraid of losing it all because it's literally impossible. Like the skills, the nuances that you've accumulated over the years of building your business and the effort that you've gone to to hone and master those skills they are never going to leave you. But on the flip side, if you're someone that just copies what other people are doing and you're not really mastering your skill set, you're not really honing in your craft, then yes, if you were to lose the success that you have today, you would be very, very afraid. And with good reason, because you don't know how to build it back up again because you don't have the skill set, right? So as long as you focus on your skill set and being a person of substance, you shouldn't be afraid of losing it all because that is literally impossible. And you would definitely be able to rebuild something from scratch because you've done it before, right? And if I were to lose everything today, I would know how to make my next 10K, my next 100K, my next 200K, so on and so forth, because I literally know that I'm capable of doing it. And it's not coming from a place of arrogance that you say this because that kind of confidence that, that makes you go, oh, I know what to do because I've done it before. It's a confidence that comes from successfully doing something that is literally proven. You've proved to yourself that you can do it before. You've proved to other people that you can do it. You've done it multiple times. You've helped other people do it multiple times. And that's the level of confidence you have from mustering a certain skill set as opposed to just faking it, which is why I really don't believe fully in the whole like fake it till you make it because I feel like that's just um if you only focus on that 100% you're gonna end up in a situation where a you have high imposter syndrome and b if a crisis happens and you lose your current business there's no way that you're gonna be able to build it back up so it's just not a very solid foundation to build on um however if you do have a solid foundation then the fear of like losing everything it's really, really irrational. And if you realize this and you're doing things the right way and you have mastery of your skill set, you realize how much stress you can remove from your daily life. And you also realize how much anxiety, unnecessary anxiety, you can remove from your daily life, which makes you a lot more productive, efficient, fulfilled, everything. Right? So there's no need to freak out about losing everything. Um, but obviously, if you don't have the skill set, if you don't have the mastery, then it's a very different story and you probably should be scared. Um, but then the good news is obviously you can work on that today as well. Number seven is the right people will celebrate you when you shine. 
This makes me so happy to say because for so long I was afraid of being seen as like flaunting and I always downplayed myself in front of others. Even though like many people tell me like, really? I can't really tell that you are someone that would downplay yourself or that would feel like you're flaunting or that you shouldn't um, be fully who you are. But I think deep down, I always felt like friends or people like close to me would get upset if I like outshined them or took over them in some sense, especially if they're someone that's meant to be more experienced or meant to, you know, be older. Um, It really took me some time and really looking at myself in the mirror to know that the best people will not only not mind me winning, but they will celebrate these wins for me and they will celebrate these wins with me. And I feel like that's such a beautiful thing when we're able to understand that like other people winning is not necessarily a sign of us losing. In fact, like the way that I personally see it is like seeing people win, especially millennials, especially female millennial entrepreneurs, like to me, that's like a huge form of motivation. I'm literally so happy to see these people killing it because to me, it really inspires me and motivates me like, wow, if it's possible for them, imagine how possible it actually is for me. And like by supporting them, by supporting people who actually are pursuing their growth and are pursuing um, not staying at their comfort zone and are reaping the benefits of that, doing those hard things, it just makes you see like exactly how possible it is for yourself to actually um if you stay committed, if you stay consistent, if you do all the hard things, if you have the right level of determination and grit and you constantly up-level yourself and you do all these things, it's so beautiful to me like how possible things are. And so that's what I see when I see people who are like two to three steps ahead all the way to people who are like really, you know, like they're up there. It inspires me and motivates me and that's how I see it. And um, I love celebrations. I love celebrating people. Um, And so, yeah, like if the people around you are not only not celebrating you, but are putting you down because you're not supposed to be that good or you're not supposed to outshine them or they make you feel as though, oh, it's just that you got lucky then you might want to think about whether these are the right people in your life. Because trust me, the right people will celebrate you they will want the best for you and they will be so freaking happy to see you winning number eight this is speaking to any of you who like me are a little bit on the idealistic side and you're also a little bit of a dreamer number eight is expect and prepare for things going wrong and this is something that i definitely didn't expect or adequately prepare for i would say um I'm very idealistic, right? So for me, it's like, I know that um, I'm going to go in the right direction. And that's all that matters to me at that point. But it's also really, really important to realize that um, things will go wrong, and that I shouldn't be discouraged, and that it's not really me. And that I would go back and tell myself, like, don't be discouraged, don't be surprised. In fact, like, you should expect it. Because it means that you're definitely in the game of entrepreneurship. Like if every single thing is going right and you haven't experienced a single thing going wrong or 
you haven't experienced a single shred of failure, then that's when you should seriously question if you are even on the right track, because that literally means that you're not growing, because if you grow, you will feel uncomfortable, you will fail. If you're learning a new skill, you're not going to be good at it on the first try. And when you know that failure is just part of growth, like literally, it's like saying, um, I want growth. I want to reach the next level. Literally, life or the game of business comes to you and it's like, sure, you want growth. You want to reach the next level. Sure, here is a package on how to get there. In it, there are these things called little wins. In it, there are these things called big wins. But in it are also things called little failures and big failures. And it's all part of the package of, of getting to that next level. So if you say, like, I want to get to the next level, I want to experience growth, then be prepared for both the big and little wins as well as the big and little failures. And if you don't want it, it comes as a package. So if you don't want it, if you don't want the little failures or the big failures, then you have to tell yourself, that's cool. But it means that I don't really want that next level of growth. I don't really want to get to that next level. And if you're okay with that, that's perfectly fine. But if you're someone that you're telling yourself like, no, I really, really want to transcend this level that I'm currently at, I really want to get out of my comfort zone, then not only should you expect for failure and things to go wrong, you should prepare for things going wrong and then learn from those things instead of taking it personally or being discouraged or being surprised. Um, and I'm speaking from experience here, when you're able to view it as just part of the package, it's a lot more fun when you don't take it personally and your mind tends to go towards the direction of actually hey, since this is part of the package, like what can we do to learn from these little failures or big failures or these little things going wrong or big things going wrong? And what can we actually do about it? Like what are the solutions that we can use or that we can come up with to transcend this level? And it becomes more of like a fun thing, like a game since you know it's part of a package um, of getting to that next level. And it's a lot more of an enjoyable journey as well. So I hope this perspective kind of helps shift your mind a little bit around things going wrong or failures. Number nine is don't you dare compare. It's a chronic human occupational hazard, which is not even strictly um, isolated to the entrepreneurial journey or business owner journey, I feel like it's just a human thing, comparison, right? Like I remember even back in my corporate life, I would compare with like the top performing person, even if, and listen to how ridiculous this is, like even if they had 10 years of experience on me, I would compare with them. I'll be like, why am I not, you know, topping the charts like that person? And it's like, duh, obviously, because they had like at least a decade more of experience compared to you who just joined like a month ago into the company. Um, but that's that was just me. And in the entrepreneurship space, it is kind of like never ending if I don't stop myself, because I would probably look at people like and I not will. I have actually looked at people like Gary Vee, like. Jeff Bezos, like Elon Musk, like Alex and Leila Homozi, and I would just be like instinctively comparing myself to them, which leads me to constantly doubt myself as an entrepreneur. Like, why could these people do things that fast and I'm not doing it? Like, what else could I be doing more? And on one hand, this could be really, really positive because I'm always looking at 
hey, how can I improve things? How can I be the next level version of myself? But if I let it go all the way, it could also be a vice where you kind of stop yourself from doing things because you're constantly doubting yourself so much. So there has to be a delicate balance. If you're a perfectionist and if you're someone that's like naturally competitive, this is something that you want to be aware of. It's not a bad thing, but anything taken to extremes is not conducive usually. So you just want to be aware of it, especially if this is something that you resonate with. And if you find that you're someone that tends to be a little bit like on the harsh side for especially on yourself um, and you want to learn how to do this a little bit better, like what I always tell myself is if there is someone that you love, whether it's your daughter, your son, it could be a little niece, a little nephew, a friend's five-year-old or three-year-old, you wouldn't ask them like, hey, little three-year-old girl, like why can't you write a college essay? Because obviously you're three. So if you wouldn't expect a three-year-old to be able to write a college essay, then think about it. Like if you're three years into business and entrepreneurship, don't exactly expect yourself to be as successful or reach the same level of expertise as someone who is three decades in the game for example, right? So think about it, apply the same logic that you use on other people to yourself and apply the same grace and kindness that you would sometimes give to other people instead of yourself. And that could go a long way as well. Number 10, the final one is so, so important. Don't forget why you started in the first place. You may have embarked on your business journey because you just have this vision of how you would want things to be like, or it could just be something that you believe in so strongly that you stand by it no matter what. Like other people don't have to believe in it. Other people don't have to see why you believe in it, but you do. And don't lose sight of that because, you know, sometimes on this journey, we get so pigeonholed by the dollars and cents and, you know, how much month on month profit we're making and I'm not saying all that is not important because obviously the goal of any business is to generate profit and generate as much profit as possible but what's so precious about this why and why you shouldn't lose sight of that is that there are going to be tough times in business like we already know that and if you've been in business for more than 30 days you would know that there are tough times but ultimately like is this why the reason why we're doing this this why is the thing that's going to get us through those tough times, even when the numbers don't really reflect what we want them to, even when the balance sheet isn't really showing what you hoped for it to show, right? And for 99% of the people who don't have a why, especially, like this is when they give up. This is when they give up the game. And this is where they don't really get to see the fruits of their labor because they just give up prematurely. And if any of you are familiar with the concept of grit by Angela Duckworth, it's like the ability to, I'm paraphrasing in my own understanding, but it's basically the ability to keep doing difficult things and keep going on, keep taking that next step over a long period of time, even when things are tough, even when things are difficult, right? And it's very, very difficult, almost prohibitively difficult to do that if you don't have a why. If there isn't a reason why you're doing this apart from money, then what's going to happen when the money's not coming in? What's going to happen when the revenue isn't coming in, when the profit is nil? Are you just going to give up? Right. So you want to think about that. 
and don't lose sight of the why. If you're super clear, that's fantastic. Like don't lose sight of that. Um, if you're someone who just feels like I really honestly don't have a lofty, like high level altruistic goal, maybe I just want to travel. Like maybe the reason why I started my business is just because I want to travel. I want to have loads of fun. I want time freedom. I want to create for a life for myself where I can get to experience the world, see new cultures, travel to new places, make my own money and have fun. Like that's cool. Then go out there and have freaking loads of fun. Like don't look at another entrepreneur who's like Gary V style and who's like hustle 24 seven and feel like you need to do that too, because his why might be different from your why. And if you stay super closely in touch with your original why, which obviously may change and evolve over time as well, but if you know your why, then it's very easy to feel fulfilled in the work that you're doing. And you don't, and you won't feel the need to compare with other people. And instantly when you see someone else doing something, you're able to reject or bring in certain ideas depending on whether or not they align with your why right? So you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. You really don't. You're not in competition with anyone. There is no new height. There's no new goal that you absolutely have to reach, except for if you want it, right? Your life is literally yours to create and to live. And so is your business. Remember that that is so important, especially in a world where we have this massive information overload of like people telling you from all directions this is the best. That is the best. You should do this. You should do that. But then there are eight things that you must do. And like, you can only, you only have one life, right? So who better to define the why than you, right? So number 10, don't forget why you started this in the first place. It's going to keep you authentic and true to yourself over time. And it's also going to be the one thing that carries you through the tough times when things aren't really going your way. So there we go. These are the 10 important things I wish I knew way earlier. Had to learn many of these through trial and error along the way, but I definitely wanted to share this with you guys so that hopefully you won't have to. And hopefully you will also be able to pick out a few valuable tidbits or two that you can really apply to your current entrepreneurial and business journey. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. And I hope it inspired you on your journey towards that next level in your business and life. Make sure to check out the description for show notes with a full rundown of all the juicy details and important links that you need. Also, make sure to share this with a friend if you found this useful and subscribe here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It would genuinely mean the world to me to hear from you. So share a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and let me know which part of this episode resonated with you the most. In case no one's told you lately, you are amazing and absolutely capable of creating the extraordinary life that you dream of and deserve. Now it's time to go out there, do the hard stuff, and let's kill it.